to C3 Church Hepburn Heights. We believe Jesus Christ gives life to the full and we are called to live it and share it. We pray you enjoy this message today. It's good. Well, it's so good to be here. I think Rachel said everything that needed to be said. And uh, I should just get into my preach, I suppose, and I'll tie in some of my uh, stories about Beyond into my sermon. But before I preach, I just wanted to, I just feel to say this, two things. First thing, if you guys have been praying, um, it's noticeable. The presence of God, you know, like you have a thermometer and the temperature goes up. It's almost like the presence of God thermometer has just gone through the roof here. Like, have you guys been praying or something? You're supposed to do that, you know, as Christians, You're supposed to pray. But I think, um, I know that, I do know that, um, I, I talk with Jason once a month. We have a, a monthly catch-up on Zoom, and he was telling me how there's, there's been a desire to pray. And I can, man, I can feel it in the room. And um, the second thing I, I, I want to say is this, um, for the youth ministry, who, who's a youth leader here? I know there's a, we've got the youth, youth leaders. I just want to say this, keep doing what you're doing and don't give up. I feel like God's going to do something special and it's going to be connected to prayer. These kids of today are hungering for something real, something tangible, the presence of God. And, and God has got a plan for this generation right now. So don't give up doing the good work that you do because it is, it is sowing seeds and a great harvest is going to come about as a result. So don't give up. Just feel to encourage you, all right? Don't, and don't fall into the performance thing. Like, I've got to get results and all of that. Just pray. If it's hard, pray harder. That's it. That's all you need to do. It's the power of God. Is in. Read the book of Acts. It was God that did it. Not anyone and their special plans. Praise God. Well, today I'm going to preach through three things as I go into the book of John. The leading scripture out of this, John chapter 4, verse 27 to 38. And there's three things I want to bring out of this for you to teach you today and to help you see the, just how God works. The first thing is the motivation of Jesus. The second thing is the trust invitation from Jesus. And the third thing is the direction of grace through Jesus. I'll say that again. The motivation of Jesus, the trust invitation from Jesus, and the direction of grace through Jesus. I saw Pastor John Finkeldy somewhere just now. Hey, Pastor John and I, I saw you. Yeah, there you are. Oh, no, no, die, just John. Pastor John, good to see you. All right. John, let me read this to you. John chapter 4, verse 27 to 38. And the reason I'm reading this is because when I, when I saw it, this brochure and then I saw your plans around beyond, I thought, actually, you can see the nature of beyond and that amazing amount of money that you guys have raised and what you're leaning into towards, um, the, the elements of, of what Jesus is doing, even in this scripture, is right in the heart of beyond. I just love it. So just then, his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with a woman. He's talking with a woman, okay? And not only that, this was a Samaritan woman. And if you knew, if you know this about about Jesus being a Jew and his disciples being a Jew, uh, uh, the Jews hated the Samaritans because there was a contest on some land on a particular mountain, just like what we see going on with Ukraine and Russia. It's all over. This land is mine and uh, Palestine and um, and Israel. They've got this kind of hatred going on between the Samaritans. And so they're in Samaria 
And there's hatred, real hatred. And not only that, Jesus is talking to a woman. It's a conservative society. You don't do that. Okay. So they saw him talking to a woman, but no one asked, what do you want? Or uh, why are you talking to her? Uh, instead of that, they just talked behind Jesus' back and, and, and were trying to work out why, uh, you know, because he was the big boss. Then leaving her water jar, suddenly it's already awkward. And then leaving her water jar, this woman, she runs back um, to the town and said to all of the people, come, see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of the town and made their way toward him. So just imagine all of these men as a result of this one woman who's a bit of a naughty woman, if you know the story. She's a little bit racy, okay? And this is, this is you know, a lot of men liked her. I'm just going to leave it at that, okay? Uh, all of these men are like worried, okay, he just told her everything she ever did. Like, we better find out if he knows everything we did. Like, okay. So all of these men are racing out of the town to meet this person that could be the Messiah. Just imagine around 100 men walking out of the town. Okay. Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Once again, they're like, uh... Then they said to each other, not to him, could someone have bought him food? As in the woman, (laughs) okay. My food, said Jesus, picking up what they're saying, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Don't you have a saying, it's still four months into the harvest and that's what's in here. I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields, they are ripe for harvest. Even now the one who reaps draws a wage and harvests a crop for eternal life. And this is where it's like, okay, what they would have been, even I, when I read this, it's like, Jesus, you seems like you're going on a tangent, okay, for eternal life. So the sower and the reaper may be glad together. Thus the saying, one sows and another reaps is true. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work and you have reaped the benefits of their labour. All of the disciples at that point were probably thinking, I see what you did there, Jesus. You're just diverting us. You're gone down a little preach thing there, but really you were talking to that woman. And what's that about? And they would have been absolutely confused at this, what, this, this statement that Jesus said. So I just want to jump in and dive in and, to, and to, uh, to understand a little better what's going on in this passage and what Jesus is trying to teach. So the first thing I said was what motivated Jesus. Let's, let's just have a look in, into verse 31 to 34, where, where, the rab, uh, where the disciples are encouraging Jesus to eat some food. And he says, I've, I've, I'm, I've got food that you know not of. Who knows something about food? Food is a great motivator. If I was to, if I was to say to you, okay, here's the most expensive house in WA. I'm going to give it to you for three days. You go and have a holiday in that home and, and go and enjoy it. And you go to that home, okay, and it's quite remote and uh, it's a long drive to any of the local Coles, Farmer Jacks, Woolworths, whatever. And you go in and you open up the cupboards. That's the first thing I do to when I go into a house, right? If you ever have me stay in your house, I'll probably look in your cupboards. <laughs> what foods? What foods in there? And, and, and there's no food, right? What's the first thing you're going to do? You're going to go and get some food because food motivates. It's like, this is going to be a really bad holiday if I don't have any food. I need some baked beans and toast. I need something that's going to sustain me. Food motivates. So Jesus puts his finger on the greatest, one of the greatest motivators for human beings to, to, to bring about 
how much, a point, he brings about a point of how much this means to him, what just happened. And what just happened? Well, what had just happened is he had just helped a woman who was broken, who was lost, who was in need of love, who was on the wrong path. And he just revealed to her who he was. You know, she was the first one that he revealed himself to as the Messiah. In the, in the entire New Testament, the first one, Jesus shows and says, I am the Messiah too, was this broken woman who wasn't even from his culture who wasn't even from his sphere of influence. She was in a town that they, they actually literally would avoid to go to different places. They would go the long way because they hated these people so much. And here is Jesus opening the door as to this is who I am to this woman. And this excited Jesus so much. He's like, I just, this is my food. And he says these words, my, my food is to do the will of the Father. And this gives you, a, it gives you a hint into the nature of God for all of humanity. Let me tell you something. What God, God's heart beats for is people everywhere. And that's what I love about Beyond and what you're doing here and what I love about the legacy of Beyond. All the years, you guys have been doing this for a long time. I can't imagine how much seed, how much finances, how many resources have been sown out around the world as a result of your giving. Beautiful. It's all about what God's heart, heart beats for. He is motivated towards this, towards your global outreach, your local outreach, your regional. It's all an effort to resource what Jesus' heart beats for. Humans everywhere, to rescue them through His grace. I just loved that communion, Ben. That was awesome, man. That was that liturgy. It's okay. He doesn't have. It was awesome. I was really blessed by that. But that because it was all about the grace of God ransoming us, even though we were broken, He was broken for us, and the message getting out that God is good and He loves. Amazing. So you know, in the early days for. Sailor, our church in Mumbai, it was, uh, it was beyond that supported us, uh, that helped us launch the whole church. It was part of, it was a safe place for us that, that we knew that there was, we were able to get on our feet as a church. And, and, and there were many. And Jason and uh, Emma came over came a few times and Jason came over a few times and there were some early conversations where there are people now who are in our church, who are established, who are mature in Christ, who Jason had actually a really key part to play in helping disciple these people because you sent them, right? It's the heart of beyond. It's the heart of Jesus to see the world reach. The second thing, the trust invitation from Jesus. Right, so we're going to pick this up from verse 30 to 35, or 30 and 35. So I, want, I just want to reread. They came out of the town and made their way to, towards him. So the men, right? And then in 35, where Jesus says, Don't you have a saying? It's still four months until harvest. I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. The harvest that Jesus was talking about was those men coming. Okay, that was the fields. So if you, have your, you see, a, if you imagine a picture of, wheat uh, in a field out in the, the north there, kind of in the wind, swaying, right? And just imagine these men walking towards just like the swaying. And, and Jesus is like, there's your field. 
and it's ready for harvest. These guys, in other words, these guys are about, there's something about to happen that you've never seen before. And all of these people are going to come to know the Messiah and who Jesus is, right? But the thing is, is the disciple, when they looked out towards those people, they would have gone, okay, he's pointing at those men, but like, where are the fields? I don't see any wheat fields. Because all they would have seen when they saw these Samaritan men walking towards them was Samaritan men walking towards them. Totally irrelevant, unrelatable people from a different culture that they didn't understand, they didn't necessarily care about. Okay, It wasn't within the, the, the kind of the vortex of their life or the trajectory of their life or the direction their life has got nothing really much to do with them. And here's Jesus pointing at them saying, this is the field. And it's ready for harvest. See, here's the thing. Often when it comes to mission, we don't see what Jesus sees. If I was to show you a picture of my church, you'd be like, that's great. You know, a picture of all the people. That's great, Ryan. We love what you're doing over there. That's awesome. But we don't really relate to it. We take you to a little village in Africa. It's like, well, cool. Okay. Or maybe up in Jingalong. It's like, this has got nothing much to do with my life. But, but good. But what Jesus sees is people. Right? He, he doesn't see whether or not it's within your your vortex or your trajectory. or your, He doesn't see all of that. He loves you where you're at, but He also loves them where they're at. And it's powerful to understand that because we have to, we have to realign sometimes with what Jesus sees and what His heart beats for. And that's what Beyond is about. You see, faith means not knowing, but trusting God when the call towards others is given. And that's what he was doing with his disciples that day. That's what this is all about. It's a call towards others, which I love. We have to trust God in that. And this could be a foreigner. It could be a divorcee. It could be an ex-criminal. It could even be a family member sometimes. Like I don't want to have anything to do with that family member. But God is calling you towards them. Our response, a correct response is faith. And faith means not knowing sometimes. If you feel like, I don't know what to do about this. I don't know what, how to step into this. That's because it's not going to come from you, but those things are going to come from God as you step in and lean in to what God has in this for you and I as his church. So the motivation to Jesus was the first one. The trust invitation from Jesus was what we just talked about. And the third thing is the direction of grace through Jesus. Now, I get excited about this part, the direction of grace through Jesus. You see, later on, a few years later, there was a move of God in Samaria. And I want to show it to you. It's in Acts chapter 8, verses 1 to 8. Let me quickly read it to you. On that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem. So all of the Jewish people in Jerusalem, okay, and I'll, I'll tell you this something. I'll tell you something. The Jews and the Sumerians, they still hated each other. Okay, they still hated each other. And all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. All of the everyone, all of the disciples. So it's not this, it's not the the, the the big guns. It's not the apostles. 
It's the church is spread out. So all of us here, if you could imagine, all of a sudden something breaks out and all of us have to scatter to different parts of Australia or different parts of the world. And, and they all set up churches where they are, okay, and where they go. And some of them end up in Judea and Samaria. Godly men buried Stephen and mourned deeply for him. The reason they buried Stephen is because Stephen had just been stoned to death, okay, with rocks, not the other stuff, right? It's a stupid joke. But Saul began, so this is Saul who turns into Paul, who God changed drastically. Saul began to destroy the church going from house to house. He dragged off both men and women and put them in prison. Can you imagine this? Okay, all of the sudden, everything comfortable has gone. Like the comforts of life, it was torn apart, all because they followed Jesus. And all of a sudden, these people who were in a place where they had a home, they had a life, they had everything for them going, it was comfortable. All of a sudden, they're absolutely uncomfortable and they're at the mercy of someone to accept them. Right? Those who've been scattered, they preached the word wherever they went. Philip went to a city, to, down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. Now hear this, when the crowds heard Philip and saw the signs he performed, they all paid close attention to what he said. For with shrieks, impure spirits came out of many, and many who were paralysed or lame were healed. So there was a great joy in that city. Now, let me tell you this. When the crowds heard and saw Philip, this Jewish man, preaching about Jesus, you know why they listened? It's because a few years before, prior, there was a man called Jesus Christ who had visited that town and he had prophesied this to them. He said, others have done the hard work and you have reaped the benefits of their labour. It's like, <laughs> You see, Jesus had set them up. And here's what we need to understand when we partner with Jesus. Here's the deal. He's got you and everything in your life right now, all of your needs Even if you find yourself in a situation, God forbid, but even if you find yourself in a situation like they did, where they have to leave everything and be in a place where they end up with people they don't even like because they've got no other choice, but they're there and they accept them because Jesus has made a way for them. You see, he's got you. And he's got the entire world all at the same time. And you can actually trust him. And so often when it comes to stuff like this, we kind of go, well, does it fit my thing? And And obviously we need to pray about these things and we need to think about them and we need to do things that fit within budgets and all of that sort of stuff. That's very obvious. But, But we also need to know something. That as we step into faith, he's got us. 
He's got you. And He's got them. And he is tying things together that we couldn't even put together, even if we had the most ambitious minds, able to you know, draw the biggest mind maps and do all of the greatest planning in the world. He pulls things together that we don't even, you know, Rachel and I have just so many times have, I went to Mumbai with this great big plan of all the people that we were going to reach. And we, we knew of some people that, that, that were there and it was like, we're going to reach this person and that's going to happen. And all of that didn't happen. But let me tell you something, something that God could do happened. Yeah, I mean, I think that's great, right? Something that God could do did happen. And, and the, I, I mean, I just don't have time to tell you all the stories, but I, the, the, the people that we started to reach were the people that we had a hard to reach. We wanted to, to reach the influential of Bombay because it is the most influential city in India. We wanted to see these people reached in a certain area that are an unreached people group. And, and it wasn't through our friends group that we were able to reach them. It was through really, really random connections. And it was always through the most unexpected person that would open the greatest doors for our church. Always look out for the most unexpected person. That's my, that's my big wisdom for today. It's always the person you least expect it from. The little old lady with a prophecy or whatever it is, you know. It's always that. If you're a little old lady, it's, it's all good. <laughs> right? God's got us and he's got them at the same time. So that's, that's all I've got to really say today. But let me conclude this. Faith is to move towards what motivates Jesus and trust that He is in control of the whole picture. He's in control of what is going on in your life right now and He's in control of what is going on in the world today. And He has a plan for it all. And I think beyond just is is. is at the heart of what is going on here and at the heart of the generosity and the love that this church and it demonstrates through its resourcing to the world. I, I, I can only stand here as a testament to it and go, guys, you know, Rachel and I, if we didn't have guys like you just getting behind, we wouldn't have succeeded. It wouldn't have happened because you guys were praying, because you guys were resourcing encouraging, you're sending Jason and Emma, you sent a whole team. Who? Some of you are here, you came to remember that? I don't know if those, some young adults, I think Tom, you were a part of that, weren't you? We did a big party and it was really fun and there are people in our church because of that, right? It's awesome. He's got the whole picture. He's got the whole picture. So maybe in closing, uh, I think it would be appropriate maybe to pray and just spend some time praying Maybe if we can have some, yes, you're onto it. Thank you. Awesome. Um, I, I just feel like praying for this area of trusting God. I, I know right now there is so much uncertainty around. And if you're having trouble right now, and this is not connected in any way to you stepping into beyond, this is just for you, uh, trusting God. If you're struggling in that area where it's like, I've not seen this part of Jesus where he's got my world together. In fact, 
I've got a bunch of expectations that weren't met and I'm struggling with that. Maybe if we could all just stand, if that's okay. Just not to put anyone on the spot and make them stand up all by themselves. But if that's you, I just want you and Jesus to have a moment. I invite the Holy Spirit to come and move. Just connect with God in the way you do. Maybe close your eyes, lift your hands and just have a moment with Jesus where we can step into trust. Lord, I thank you that you've got us. Lord, you have a plan for this world. You have a great big plan for Africa, for India, for Bali, for Jigalong. All over the world, God, you've got a plan. You've tied it all together. And Lord, we as your body are a part of that. You haven't forgotten about anyone here. And Lord, for those of us who may be here this morning, who maybe are walking through disappointment, maybe are walking through letdowns, maybe are walking through things that I, I thought things would be different. Holy Spirit, I pray you give their hearts just a nudge of your presence, that you are walking with them. That even though they might walk through the valley of the shadow of death, that they will not fear any evil, but Lord, that they can sit with you, seated at the table, even amidst their enemies. In Jesus' name. Lord, I just come against the voice of the enemy, speaking into people's heads about God not being interested or God not being there for them. I break that in Jesus' name. And Lord, it would just be a union between them and Christ, that you would be there with them, reminding them of your beautiful, glorious presence. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Such a sweet presence of God. Come on, let's give God a big clap. Amen. Praise God. Thanks so much for joining us here on our podcast. We encourage you to let this word further help you live and share the life to the full that Jesus gives. If you want to check out more about our upcoming events, service times, locations, or to give online, go to c3hh.com.au.